Adventure Seekers, welcome. Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards tolerated. Hello, I'm your host, Rain Law. And now to open with today's quote. Never lose an opportunity of seeing anything beautiful, for beauty is God's handwriting. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Up next, AJNW News. Today, our top story is about our daily Keiko list. After weeks of struggling to get the Keiko list to download, we finally decided to host it on another venue, which turned out to be my Patreon page. The daily Keiko list is now available to supporters at the Page, Squire, and Knight level on the Rand Law Patreon page. I will have a hyperlink available down below in my anchor feed for this page. It had been our intention to offer the Keiko list to all of the people who signed up for email, but for whatever reason, we had a glitch between our computer systems and was unable to give it away for free. So instead, we decided to offer it to our supporters on Patreon. And coming up next is AJ&W Weather Report. After listening to the local weather channel and hearing the professional meteorologist commentary on our local forecast and seeing how they missed it 100%, we determined that we're not doing so bad here at AJNW Weather. We don't have any fancy scientific equipment like a thermometer or a barometer, Doppler radar, and the likes, but we do have a rock that we can check daily. If the rock is hot, it's sunny. If it's wet, it's rainy. If it's white, it's snowy. Or either that or the birds have been roosting on it. And now it's time for AJNW Traffic Report. Looking outside, it's dark and as no headlights are seen in the distance, traffic is down. Either that or Farmer Johnson has forgotten to turn his lights on again. Last week when that happened, he thought he had gone blind. And now we go to our AJNW Sports Desk, where we find that baseball, basketball, golf, tennis, beach volleyball, auto racing, all have returned to the airwaves. Meanwhile, the powerlifting competition between the red and black ants continue on. Today's human interest story at AJNW News begins with a pay-it-forward story. We all do whatever we can. No matter if it's a smile or a helping hand, every action counts in the lives of someone else. Helping someone with the door when their arms are full or picking up something that was dropped by an elderly person and every kind and encouraging word makes a day brighter. Also, making the day brighter is when we give of ourselves whatever tools and talents we possess can go a long way. It's not all about money. Sharing your expertise to someone who has difficulty means a lot. Visiting others, especially the shut-in, in a safe manner that keeps them comfortable, like a telephone call, really helps stave off the loneliness feeling. And a special thank you goes out to all of my supporters on the various platforms and people who purchase my books as well. Encourage me to keep paying it forward.
Sensei, that horn was really loud. Maybe next time you could play the flute instead. What do you mean we're back on the air? Oh, it's time. Coming up next, Q&A with Sensei. Today, Sensei was asked, what were the important factors in training? His reply, hear and forget. See and remember. Do and know. I recognize the wisdom in this as many times I receive instructions, especially when someone is giving me directions, and I find that I heard what they said, but during the course of the drive, especially when traffic is heavy, you don't recognize the turnoff until after you've already gone past it. But after you've been down the route a time or two and you see where you're supposed to turn off, it's much easier. But the real trick is in driving it yourself. Sensei says martial arts serve no purpose if they aren't applicable to every aspect of your life. Coming up in the next segment is messages. And all of the messages thus far have been about the Keiko list and the upcoming new addition to the Patreon page. Yes, we're adding cartoons. Comics, actually. So if you're interested in seeing the Zen and Ink comics, you can look them up on patreon.com at the Ranlaw site. I will have a link for it listed below and also on my webpage in the blog section. Coming up next, a haiku by Sensei, entitled Dogs and Trees. Wondering in sleep, a dog dreams of flying high, despite no feathers. If you would like to support this podcast, you can sell your blood. Or failing that, you can pledge a gift on anchor.fn ran-law. Another way you can support if you have some loose change is you can go to my Patreon page, www.patreon backslash ranlaw. Xander continued to have the dream of the scroll for several months, even though he never knew what it meant, but he was sure that there was some message that would be revealed eventually. Xander often tried to remember the happiest times for the family, and he decided most of them started after Bob had married his mother. They had some happy years working her grandparents' old farm together. Still, the happy memories ended after Anne's death, but Xander didn't realize that other memories, both happy and sad, were growing within him during these dark days. For a long while, the only songs Bob had heard Xander play was American Pie, Painted Black, Wake Me Up When September Ends, and The Shadow of the Day, or other dirge-like music, not the typical fare most people expect from an instrument like the ukulele or a young boy. Xander often reflected on his mother's life and how she had been working as a cashier at the small town's only grocery store. Bob, who had been a special forces soldier, mainly worked the farm, but he also made hand-forged crucible steel like Damascus steel blades. Xander helped with pumping the hand bellows. The exercise helped make him strong at a young age. He loved to watch the red metal being shaped and the ring of the hammer striking the steel. 
Often Bob let him take practice swings with a hammer. It was at this time Xander began drawing diagrams and keeping notebooks of a scientific nature. Bob had looked at Xander's notes and drawings occasionally. They dealt with the grid work system that extended around the globe. Bob ignored these ideas as fanciful but impressive. He stuck to his knife making. He almost always had an order for one of his hand-forged knives. Some of his blades were historic replications of bygone days or military blades. While Xander loved the samurai tanto, it was his favorite knife style. Bob always gave bargain deals to his old military buddies. On weeks when he didn't have an order lined up, he would stockpile hunting blades. He would put them up for sale later at the end of the summer at a local gun and knife show. He always stopped forging in the summer as it was too hot to run the forge and there was too much farm work to do. The handles of most of the blades were made out of bone or horn. Often Bob would make some handles out of exotic woods upon request of the people who gave him the orders for these rare and beautiful knives. He had an old-style blacksmith shop behind the barn and an old chicken shed he had converted into his shop. He generally only made a half a dozen a month. He also made hand-tooled leather sheaths for them and wood ones for the samurai blades. Xander learned to chisel these out at a young age. Bob also had a small, well-stocked library on hand-to-hand -hand combat and military biographies. He and Xander often read the martial art instruction manuals and watched a few instructional videos. Together, they practiced in the den that they had converted from the spare third bedroom. Bob had taken up martial art training when he was in the surface. It worked as a calming tool for him after the war. It also kept him fit and focused. Later on, he found it also gave Xander, a boy who was strong, albeit small for his age, extra confidence. Sometime later after Anne's death, Bob cut his hair to a respectable length and trimmed his beard and joined the National Guard Reserves. This had happened shortly after hearing the news of his wife's death. Bob knew they needed a steady paycheck coming in for the off times when his blade sales were down. Yet the farm was a refuge to the two survivors. They'd spend a lot of their time fishing together in the large pond that was fed from the runoff of the underground spring. The pond was full of turtles, bluegills, and other sunfish. It also had banks full of bullfrogs. So between fishing, knife-making, martial art practice, farming, and frog-gigging, they kept busy. The spring house was a cool sanctuary in the heat of summer for Xander to sit. It had been built by the pioneers when they had moved into this region. Xander's mother had told him that her grandparents had willed the farm to him once he came of legal age, and she held it in trust for him until that time. He didn't remember very much about what his grandparents had told him about the place. He could recall that they had said the Indians had always used the spring here. Xander often believed he had seen Indians out of the corner of his eyes sitting around the stone and concrete-walled spring house. This happened often when he walked into the dark cave-like structure from out of the bright summer sun. The water was icy cold from the underground spring. The water flowed up through a sand-filled large concrete tank and trough system that was always full of crystal-clear water. 
No matter how wet or dry a summer was, the spring was always flowing. You could see the water ripple the surface of the pool as it surged from the deep underground chambers of the earth through the porous sands encased by the stone slab and concrete tanks of the spring house. The water filled the concrete tank and then spilled out of an old black iron pipe located near the top of the tank in the trough. The pipe was the escape route for the water followed to an overflowed stream that fed a nearby pond and wetlands beyond that ran all the way to the creek. The creek must have been fed by several such springs as it was always full too. They had a small aluminum rowboat that they kept tied to an old wooden dock on the pond that was surrounded by cattails. The pond's bottom was too soft to swim around in as an adult would sink to his knees in the silt at the bank alone. Xander's grades in school reflected the trouble he was having with the loss of his mother. He seemed to be getting picked on, and he had conflicts with his teachers, too. He had never been a studious child, although he always liked to read. All his life, he fought his compulsion to count his steps, how many times he dunked his tea bag in the hot water, and how often he had to wash his hands. It took him longer to cope with his paranoia issues, as there was plenty of evidence to support them during this period of his life. He was certain at one point in his life that Shakespeare was right, and all the world was a stage, and he thought that they were all just there as some elaborate ruse to fool him. How else could people explain the dim-witted things that went on all around the world? He systematically tried to self-correct his habits, starting with his misspelled words and reversing of letters' positions. This proved harder for him, as often he could tell something was off, but he was never able to identify the problem. He many times misspelled a word that he had copied straight from the dictionary. Xander was a daydreamer and easily bored with the restraints of parochial school. He seemed to be more concerned with growing sustainable and renewable resources like bamboo, hemp, and knaf. He thought that the use of these products would end the depletion of the world's forest. It would help make more clean air, stop world starvation, create jobs, and he thought they were the answer for biofuel production. Still, his teachers weren't interested in his perspective and his discontent with school increased. All of this continued to grow after his mother's death. The next year, when Xander got a new teacher, a sister who was unfamiliar with his situation, he began to have real problems with his schoolwork. His teacher once sent him down to talk about his perpetual interruptions and inappropriate comments during class. Xander explained it this way. A lot of people say that sarcasm is the last refuge of the imaginatively bankrupt, but the same people are usually the first to remind you that a pun is the lowest form of humor. I find both forms of expression are foundational to keeping my sanity. Most schools had done away with corporal punishment, but it was still enforced out in the little parochial school where he attended. It was almost cut off from the modern world, and Xander was routinely paddled for offenses that other children were not. On any given day, he might be selected for punishment for being the last in a seat. Not having his homework done, looking out the window during class, 
misspelled words, even though he was slightly dyslexic, and for talking with a fake accent, even though his great-grandmother had an English accent up until her death that he had picked up on. The greatest of his offenses with the sisters, his teachers, was due to his early interest in the similarities between Jesus and the legends of Zeus, Horus, and the other ancient religions of the world. They did not feel it was appropriate for other children to hear his questions. This story is from Conversations with a Sage by Rand Law. Come back next week to hear the next section. I highly recommend martial art instruction. Everything I do has been influenced in some way by the martial arts. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge over power. Tokushikimpo. Keep following your dreams.